Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. With two gyms situated across the country, Ryan McFadden is taking both into consideration during his steps forward in this pandemic. From virtual classes to lending out equipment, Ryan has done what many other gyms out there have in order to bring value to his members. But one thing that he has done in both Florida and Ohio, the states where his gyms reside, that might be a bit different from other box owners, is reaching out to local and state reps. The importance of lobbying for the opening of small businesses, specifically micro gyms, is clear to him and the other affiliate owners he's connected with. As we chatted in this conversation, Ryan shared why he thinks gyms are essential businesses, what steps other owners can take to lobby in their own states, and why doing so is incredibly important. So here's my interview with Ryan, the owner of Ohio Strength and Mousetrap Fitness. Box Talk. I'm your host, Heather Hartman, editor of Box Pro Magazine. Ryan, it's good to have you. It's good to see you again. Uh, how are you doing? You know what? We're doing okay. I think we're doing about as well as I think most gyms at this point. Uh, it's it's a scary time. Uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of highs and lows to owning any small business. Um, certainly no different for a, a CrossFit gym or a small gym. And and um, then, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's weird feeling like we don't have as much control over um, things right now, too. There's a lot of times, I think, as fitness people, we kind of try to focus on having a strong internal locus of control, feeling like we can control the outcome of a lot of things in terms of our health, our wellness, our, our business, things like that. Um, and right now, just kind of being at the mercy of uh, this virus and our governments and sort of them dictating, you know, if we are allowed to operate. So. Yeah, it's, it's an unprecedented time. (laughs) I think that's the best word for it. Never predicted, never thought to be a thing. And here it is. So uh, Ryan, can you go ahead and kind of walk us through, you know, what happened at your businesses when this all went down? Uh, what'd you guys do to transition to this time away from the physical space? What does that look like? And then we kind of talk about like where you're at now and, and the future. Sure. Uh, so it was around March 17th, I believe that, uh, we had our last classes, uh, and sort of shifted or pivoted very quickly to, um, trying to offer online options for people. Um, and trying to encourage, you know, as many of our members as possible to continue to support us uh, as we try to offer as much value as possible through those online methods, whether that's one-on-one video coaching calls like this uh, to talk about, you know, fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, stress management, um, doing one-on-one workouts, doing group live Zoom workouts. Um, We have our coaches recording, video demonstrations for some of our at-home workouts every day too and then offering uh, like multiple different workouts every day for different levels of equipment um, so that people have a lot of different options depending on what they may or may not have access to um, we did uh, loan out equipment to our members as well uh, so that folks that may not have much at home to work with we tried to give you know a limited amount of equipment to each person that wanted to take advantage of that so that they would have more options for 
versatility and variety with their workouts so it wouldn't be you know exclusively body weight work for for the foreseeable future for however long it took um and then uh really just staying engaged staying in touch with our members as much as possible the first uh week or two i tried doing this like coffee and cocktails thing where we would just get on zoom in the mornings and the evenings and stay in touch with people and and that was actually what morphed into our live Zoom classes because we tried a couple of live classes in that first week and we had um, a lot of people saying, hey, the, the recorded workouts are great, but I really enjoyed the live ones that we did. Can we do more of those? So we kind of just morphed the, the just getting together Zoom to, into actual working out live together uh, with Zoom. And, and we've had pretty good um, attendance for those, especially the, the evening one, maybe not quite as much in the morning. I think people are certainly taking advantage of their at-home situation to sleep in a lot more right now. So um, so the mornings, which are normally pretty busy for us, are definitely not as busy as the evenings with those. Um, but uh, yeah, and then it's just taking it one day at a time for us as a business, for us as coaches, um, and for our members, uh, you know, members are always interested to find out if we have like inside information on what's going on with the governments, with the gyms and things like that. And I try to be as like transparent and, you know, upfront anytime we do hear new information, uh, trying to let people know, but, um, there's typically not, you know, more than a few hours between me finding something out and me trying to get the word out to our members. Um, so yeah, we're all kind of living through the, the, the mercy of the government together and, and uh, trying to communicate to the government too. We've been doing a lot of lobbying with uh, our local, like county, city, uh, state, and even federal representatives uh, in both on the political side of things, as well as like the, um, the health representatives, the public health folks, and trying to communicate what we're capable of doing. Um, <clears throat> as you know small micro gyms that kind of we kind of have a lot of control over our environments uh versus like a globo gym big box gym where people just kind of wander around and do their own thing so we're trying to differentiate ourselves and, and help uh the leaders understand how we think that we can you know safely reopen or, or even be considered an essential business when a lot of places like liquor stores are essential businesses but it's like you know, fitness businesses can't be essential businesses. And you're telling us drinking alcohol um, makes you more susceptible for things like the coronavirus and being healthy and fit and, you know, not being overweight makes you far less at risk of something like the coronavirus. Yet liquor is an essential business and not anything against it. I'll have my drinks now and then, but like fitness is not an essential business. So trying to work through all of that. Um, and uh, I guess that helps us as gym owners to feel like we're doing something. It's, it's hard to just sit back and, and do nothing and just wait, you know, wait for things to happen, wait to like go out of business and whatnot. That's not something anybody wants to do to sit on their hands. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think you make some great points. And I know uh, in the last, one of the last podcast podcast episodes I did was with Juliet um, Storette and she was saying that she contacts her reps daily <laughs> state local um, that kind of stuff she's like I just you know contacting them daily letting them know and I, I think you make some good points of uh, this is kind of a defining moment for 
gyms for affiliates for uh, these micro gyms that are like, yeah, we we are an essential business. And I think you make a good point about the liquor stores and uh, yeah, and versus the gyms. So um, yeah, no, for sure. And I, I think that's cool that you're doing that and, and speaking up and saying like, hey, this is what we want. So so what what does the plan ahead look like for you all uh, in Ohio? What it, What is that looking like? Um, how are you guys trying to plan for the future? And, you know, on top of this lobbying and this asking for, hey, we are essential, let us open. Yeah, with, I mean, with Ohio and Florida, we were expecting, um, we thought we were going to be included in the phase one of reopening, just based on the fact that that the federal guidelines came out and said the gym should be included in phase one. And then um, our uh, governors in both those states are Republicans, um, and they had indicated sort of broadly or vaguely um, that they were planning to follow that phased approach. So we thought, okay, that means we're probably going to be in phase one, whatever phase one is. Um, and then with both states, when they rolled out phase one, they both said, yeah, we're actually not including gyms in that phase. Um, and neither of them have defined what the next step looks like or what the phases look like after that or dates around that. Um, so that, I think that's the biggest thing we want to try to get from uh, those places right now is at least a date, something to something to some light at the end of the tunnel, something to work towards. It allows us to begin to prepare and plan uh, better for reopening. Um, you know, a, a big part of reopening right now is making sure that uh, obviously, we have the physical space set up how we need to for social distancing, that we've adjusted any policies or practices, and, um, and then making sure that we, you know, start to gather as much of the, you know, extra sanitizers or disinfectants or different supplies that we might need, um, which are very challenging to get right now. I'm sure most people are aware, but it's really tough to get a lot of that stuff. And it's a situation where, you know, one week we might be using one uh, approved disinfectant and then we can't access that enough to supply more than a week or two so the next week it might be a different type of disinfectant uh, as long as it's an approved disinfectant uh, making sure that it's safe for people safe for the equipment um, and kills you know everything we needed to kill in terms of bacteria viruses funguses things of that nature um, so yeah it's uh, it's really just the uncertainty factor that's most challenging um so trying to communicate that to the government too to make sure they really do understand that i know they say they understand it but a lot of the times it doesn't feel like they do so making sure they really understand those things um and then at the same time too you know looking at the the financial side of things um there's people in government out there that seem to think there's going to be this like quick bounce back and that really does not seem realistic on the ground from our perspective. Uh, I talked to my friends that own restaurants and bars and other businesses that are service-based businesses that require people to, you know, come together and feel comfortable coming into a business and, and existing there. And um, so we're, you know, we're up against the, the challenge of do our members have jobs? Uh, so, you know, can they come back right away? Um, are they comfortable coming back? We, we want to make them feel comfortable, but you know, still, are they comfortable coming back? And uh, we have no idea how long that's going to take. Uh, with, with the gym I have down in Florida, it's right next to Disney World. Um, that, you know, when we got that gym, that seemed like that was an asset to have such a solid and stable business 
that drives the economy in that market. And now we've got, you know, a huge number of our members um, are employees of Disney World that are furloughed, that don't have jobs. So if they say gyms can reopen, um, great, but do our members have an income? Can they come back to the gym? So, you know, running into those kinds of challenges. Um, and then, you know, things like the, the paycheck protection program, like, okay, great. That is supposed to help out for eight weeks, but we've already been closed for almost eight weeks. And, you know, we, we still don't have a date for reopening. So, um, you know, how helpful is that? And, uh, you're only allowed to use that up through June 30th if you want it to be forgivable. So, you know, a lot of businesses won't even have all their employees, you know, they won't need to rehire those employees by that point. Um, so it, it just, there's a lot of weird incentives and misalignments of things out there. And, and uh, you know, rent is a huge expense for us. Rent doesn't go away. Um, so making sure, you know, we're, we're talking to our landlords, trying to see if we can get any kind of flexibility there. And so, you know, some have been more helpful than others. And, um, but you know, they're, they're battling up against their own thing. They still have to pay mortgages a lot of the time. Some of them are able to get mortgage deferrals, some are not. Um, so yeah, it's just a, it's just a really, really, um, like you said, unprecedented time. Heard, heard that word a lot, but it's, you know, it's true. So. So I think you bring up a lot of good points, a lot of things to think mm -hmm. about that affiliate owners need to be thinking about. Um, what maybe advice can you give or, or things that you've even learned? Like, okay, you, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's happening. You have no idea. What are maybe some things that you've learned? They're like, well, this, this seems like a good direction to head. This is what's been helpful for us as a business. Um, do you have any advice or anything along those lines that maybe can encourage other owners? Um, I mean, you can't wait on anything. Uh, you can't, you know, I've seen people that waited too long to apply for the EIDL or the PPP. Like you can't wait for anything. You just have, every time you see an opportunity in terms of any type of, you know, relief from the government or whatnot, you have to act right away, uh, get your applications in right away. Make sure you're in touch with your landlords, with your bankers, your accountants, your attorneys, um, talking about best case scenarios, worst case scenarios, um, you know, planning for the best and the worst. Uh, you know, trying to keep your own fitness up to some degree. I, I'm certainly not working out as hard or uh, as long as I normally do because I can't, I just simply can't prioritize, uh, you know, like competitive level fitness right now, but I need fitness for my own mental health right now. I need fitness for my own, you know, functionality and, and you know, just get me through the day. So making sure that you're not letting that go and still getting some type of, um, you know, private time for yourself in there. Uh, even if you feel like you're running Zoom classes all day or doing one-on-one -on -one calls all day, you still have to give yourself some kind of time in there and prioritize your own um, mental health and well-being. Um, and I think you can't ruminate on the fear of the unknown too much. Uh, you you kind of crawl down a dark rabbit hole when you do that. So you, you just have to focus on looking for every little thing that you can control, trying to, um, work on those things as much as you can. But once you feel like you've done everything you possibly can toward that end, um, you know, not continuing to worry about what the government's gonna do or what they're not gonna do or what's gonna happen in you know six months from now, because you just have to keep your uh, eyes up, your feet on the ground and keep moving one step, uh, one foot in front of the other uh, right now. And 
um, you know, making sure that you're just staying positive, staying productive, uh, obviously managing expenses as best you can, um, looking for new opportunities for revenue with online training and programming. Um, you know, some people may not be ready to come back to the gym right away and you may need to continue to provide at home or online training options for those folks. Um, I think really understanding your members is really is super important right now too. I've, I've seen a lot of very polarized opinions, you know, politically speaking, um, not just from the general public, but from gym owners uh, and every state and local government is very different right now. Everybody's situation is very different right now. Um, and your, your membership base, you're going to have people with very different opinions too. I've seen some gym owners who are just assuming that, you know, their members want them to be open like now, like yesterday. And, you know, I certainly have members that feel that way and I would love to be open right now, but I have to also be aware that I have members that feel differently about this situation right now. We have people that think the whole world should be shut down for the next two years, which, you know, that that's not economically sustainable. That's not really possible, but there are people that feel that way. Um, so you have to be sensitive and, and I think be as non-political with this as possible. Um, try to stick to the science, stick to the facts, stick to, you know, as best you can. You know, you, you may want to push back on some of these things that the government's putting in front of you, some of these challenges, but but also respecting where they're coming from and realizing that some of your members are, are going to, you know, share the opinion of your local governments, your media people, and and whether or not you agree with those things, it's it's not necessarily a, a battle you want to have publicly uh, with your with your members. Um, and I think it's going to be a very gradual process uh, when things reopen. Um, you know, there may only be 30, 40, 50 percent of people that want to come in in the first week or two. But as as things reopen and, and hopefully, um, you know, new cases and hospitalizations and deaths don't spike, hopefully, um, you know, no no case hospitalization or death is, is a good thing we don't want to see any of those but it's just scientifically likely that if we start interacting more there's going to be more of those things and hopefully it's not so many that it uh, creates additional problems uh, or forces any sort of um, new restrictions um, we want to be responsible as gym owners be be a part of the solution not a part of any sort of additional problems so um, we don't want you know, one bad apple to ruin it for everybody. We don't want to create hot spots at gyms and, and scare people. We want to make people feel safe at gyms. So hopefully we as gyms can work together and kind of lift everybody up by working together and trying to promote best practices and um, making sure that we're, we're taking care of our, our people and our communities and can be seen as, as a pillar of the health and wellness community that, that can help people to get through this um, you know, health challenge, not as something that's creating another health challenge. So, Yeah, I think you had a lot of good advice in there from being non-political to prioritizing your own fitness as an owner. Uh, yeah, I think that's all great stuff, Ryan, really. And hopefully our audience heard some of that and could take some of it in this time and apply it. Um, I do want to ask too, just about uh, the lobbying you're doing and, and, and reaching out to your reps. Um, other affiliates might hear that and be like, oh, I want to do that too. Any 
any maybe recommendations on on things to address with local reps or, or how to reach out anything that maybe you've learned in the process of um, taking these things to the government that you could share with our listeners who might want to do something similar so the the first thing that i've done is try to talk to um other local uh, affiliate owners uh, in um, central florida and in columbus uh, central ohio um and then uh try to get them on board with like a, a fairly unified voice so um <clears throat> i created a, a a document um we actually there, there was another guy i have to give him credit another um micro gym owner in uh, central ohio who who created his own document which you know we, we looked at from a crossfit gym perspective and felt like it's 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 pretty solid we felt like there were a couple things we wanted to maybe tweak a little bit um we went through and sort of rewrote it and then um had about 20 or so of the central ohio affiliate owners uh, get their eyes on it and make you know comments suggestions and, and then try to make some adjustments so that it was something that we felt like we could all sign our names on and um, that way we felt like it carried a lot more weight if there's uh, a lot of businesses that are behind it, not just one. Um, and then <clears throat> submitted that to anybody and everyone. I shared it with our members and um, a couple of our members are business owners too, and, and they had more connections than, than we had. So they passed it through their own lobbying efforts and connected us to a few other people. Uh, then we discovered that there was a similar effort going on in Northeastern Ohio. So then we connected on that. I, you know, picked up the phone and called um, some of those owners up there. And um, and then I've seen uh, that same document now is being used down in like Florida and the morning chalk up ran with it a little bit. And um, I think, yeah, trying to realize this is, it's not a competitive issue between um, small gyms right now. Like we can help each other out. So trying to be transparent with each other, trying to be open and honest with each other and trying to, uh, get the support of one another uh, so that we can have a unified voice. Uh, it's, you know, the, the industries that are being allowed to operate or that are being allowed to reopen are the ones that have industry associations and groups that are going and lobbying on their behalf. And um, we don't have a lot of that uh, in the, the micro gym space. Um, we, there were definitely some larger big box gyms that went to bat with their lobbyists uh, as, as part of how the um, gyms were included in phase one uh, at the federal level, um, but we don't have a lot of representation in smaller gyms. It's harder for us to organize and, and, and bring our voice together. Uh, I, I did hear through the, the grapevine that CrossFit HQ um, may be using some of their uh, uh, DC like lobby types to do, do some work on that yet. I haven't seen anything specifically on it, so that was just kind of rumor at the moment, but I have to believe they're doing something. They represent so many. Um, you know, thousands and thousands of affiliates uh, all over the world and especially in the U.S. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think trying to work together on it, no one has to fight this battle on their own. Um, and, uh, and, and the other affiliate owners have been incredibly supportive uh, so far. So I, I think that, again, just, just trying to be positive and productive, not being critical of each other and trying to figure out how we can work together. Who knows, the pandemic might be able to bring the industry back together in ways that people only have dreamed of. <laughs> I feel like for so long, they're like, I can't, we're competitive with each other. But now it's like, oh, well, it's either come together or die. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's a reality. Yeah, I, I do think that could be a, a silver lining from this. 
Yeah, no, for sure. No, thank you. I, I just know that may be the top, a uh, top of mind for a lot of the owners listening, thinking about lobbying and, and contacting their reps. I think a lot of people are like focused on, you know, their little community. What can I do for my little community? When in reality, sometimes your little community <laughs> needs a really big push from above. So yeah. yeah. So I think that's really good. Um, any, I, and then also too, Ryan, I was just thinking like, what maybe, you know, if, if this does go on for another month, I mean, do you have any like contingency plans in place or anything that you're hoping to try and implement to keep business alive and afloat? Um, anything maybe you guys have thinking about or planning about or uh, anything that you're, you know, you're, you're looking to overcome, I suppose. Um, I mean, I wish I could say that there was a lot more that we could do at this point, but I, I think, you know, aside from the online efforts that we've got um, and, and trying to continue to grow our online presence, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of contingency beyond that. Uh, you know, we, at least from my perspective, we've are, we're, we're trying to exhaust all options when it comes to you know, mitigating expenses, deferring things that we can, again, working with all the different, you know, vendors and landlords, all these different groups to try to figure out um, how to control the expense side of things right now, while also trying to maintain or grow revenue streams. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, um, you know, the, there's not a whole lot additional that you can do. It's business, businesses are gonna fail. Uh, people are gonna go out of business um and it's it's really sad uh again because it for a lot of people uh you know it feels like no fault of their own they may have been doing really well maybe they were just scraping by or but you know the, it was a strong economy we were in a good a pretty good place um and and that, that you know that really does suck and i for one do hope that the government does provide some kind of additional relief for small businesses because i think small business um you know employs a huge number of people in america it's it's a huge driver there's a lot of trickle effects of like uh, you know we have vendors we have people we buy from and if like you know bars and restaurants can't reopen in a profitable way a lot of our members um work at bars and restaurants uh and you know those bars and restaurants buy they buy food uh you're gonna have farmers going out of business and so it's just the, the net effect of all those things that if small businesses fail is uh it's pretty huge um and i don't think that the government can on one side of things tell all these small businesses hey you're not allowed to operate for a significant period of time. And then on the other side of things, not provide pretty significant relief too. And I'm, I'm not a fan of like big government or, or things like that, but I think that they've created a situation where they kind of have to at this point. Um, and again, I don't think that the relief that they've provided up to this point is sufficient to get people through the gradual reopening process, which will probably take many months. And, you know, it could be years before things are back to where they were before this. Um, yeah, so I, I, it's gonna take someone a lot smarter than me to figure out how to do that. 
Um, but I, I really think that there's got to be some kind of additional relief uh, if they're going to drag out these these business closures for for a, a very long time. Yeah, I think the long-term repercussions will be very um, interesting and yeah. I would say probably disheartening to watch. Uh, yeah. But I think you're right. I think you're right. I think whew, it's, it's going to be really interesting 18 months from now to see what's happening. So, um, I mean, gosh, three months from now. So, yeah, no, I know. And it's stuff we have to think about, stuff owners have to think about. Like, it's the reality of it. Yeah, so. and I... I I personally don't think that um, society is going to tolerate uh, the the new normal that a lot of the public health people say that we're going to be living in for like forever. Like, you know, I've heard people say like, oh, we're never going to shake hands again. Or, you know, it's like we're going to be six feet apart until there's a vaccine. Like, we're not even guaranteed there's going to be a vaccine in 12 to 18 months. I think a lot of people think that's some kind of a guarantee or a foregone conclusion right now because they've used that time frame so much. But Hepatitis C doesn't have a vaccine. HIV doesn't have a vaccine. There's lots of things out there that don't have vaccines or that have taken 5, 10, 15 years to develop safe and effective vaccines. Um, and I, I, for one, don't think that, you know, people are going to be tolerant of living um, this extremely restricted life for, for years. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it's so complicated. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I can tell you for a fact that people are already over quarantined six weeks mm -hmm. in. So <laughs> I feel yeah. like people who were very adamant before are, are no longer are like, oh, you know what? I just got to see people and like hang out. And yeah, so I think there's, I mean, there's, there's even more than just like physical health. You're thinking about emotional health, mental health, all of those repercussions as well. Like, that six feet apart for years could really do damage in, in those things. I personally, I think so yeah. lots to consider. So no, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah and, and so just kind of wrapping up, Brian, we've talked a lot about uh, just, just hard stuff and I, but a good stuff that I think our listeners need to be thinking about. Uh, but just kind of wrapping up any final advice, encouragement, uh, anything else that maybe you've learned over the past, you know, almost eight weeks that you could just give to our listeners in order to, you know, either encourage them or help them along or just share what you've learned? Um, well, from, I mean, from an individual citizen perspective, from a business owner perspective, you just have to keep focusing on the fact that none of us are in this alone. Um, all of our situations might be a little bit different. We might be dealing with different challenges right now. And you can't assume that everyone else is dealing with the same challenges that you are. Uh, and, you know, you, you have to be really empathetic to the fact that People are going through a lot of very different things right now. Um, so be patient with people, be kind to people, um, keep your, your head up. I, I personally have plenty of dark days right now. I have days where I wake up and I'm not in a good headspace uh, and I just have to get up. I have to get moving. I got to go get my sweat. I got to work out. Um, that's what you know a lot of us do for physical health. That's certainly what I do for mental health as well. So making sure that I'm keeping my workouts there um, at the same time. I'm downregulating the intensity of my workouts because workouts are use stress, but they're still stress. So I'm not trying to work out so hard that it compounds other stress or injuries or things into my life because I don't need that to deal with on top of everything else that's going on. Um, 
reach out to your peers, reach out to other small business owners, reach out to um, a, for sure other small gym owners, CrossFit gym owners. Um, they're going to be the people that most closely understand what you're going through right now. Uh, a lot of the time you feel like you're alone on an island when you're running a small business because um, so few people uh, run small businesses. Most people have more traditional jobs and it's a very you know different and unique experience. Um, and just stay positive, uh, for your members, try to laugh with your members, try to have a good time with your members, excuse me, try to stay engaged with your members. They're the people that have, that keep lifting me up. And when I'm teaching my zoom classes, that's like one of the best parts of my day right now, just getting to like, see people interact with people, laugh, smile, remember why I got into this in the first place. Um, so I'm sure people are having days right now too, where maybe this, maybe they don't love this as much as they thought they did. And, and a situation like this is going to expose that uh, for you very quickly. It's going to expose your strengths and weaknesses as a business owner, as a, as a coach, as a leader, as a person. It's also going to remind you very quickly what you love or what you don't love about what you do. So, um, and try to learn from that. It's a good opportunity to reinvent your business right now to focus on the things that are really important. Um, when you reopen, you're going to have to reopen differently. Uh, so, you know, if you ever needed to make changes, now's probably a really good time to make changes um, because it's going to be the one of the easiest times to do it um, when you're sort of reinventing things or when you're getting into this new normal. So really evaluate what's working well, what's not working well. Um, and make sure that you're uh, staying in open communication with all your coaches too, because they're going through a lot of different things right now, you know, whether or not they have other jobs. Um, and again, they may not share your opinion on everything too, when it comes to all of this. So some of them I, I think are chomping at the bit, ready to train, ready to coach, ready to get right back to it. And you might have some others who, who don't feel ready. They don't feel safe right now. So you're going to have to respect all of those things and take all of those things into consideration as you reopen. Um, you know, you're going to be like your, if you're chief executive officer, chief financial officer, chief programmer, chief of everything right now, you're also going to be chief janitor. When you reopen, you're going to be making sure that you have really solid and sound, you know, disinfectant and sanitation cleaning policies in place if you didn't already, and probably increasing the frequency and the detail and, and documentation and, and that sort of thing. So, um, just uh, hopefully you're ready to accept all of that. Um, and you're thinking ahead. Uh, I, I guess just keep controlling what you can control and, and, and don't worry about the rest. You can't. Yeah, I think that's all great advice. Um, especially a part about the coaches I hadn't even thought about, yeah, some of them might not feel safe coming back. So very good point. A lot of stuff to think about. So yeah, Ryan. Hey, thank you. Thank you for just chatting with me today. And hopefully our listeners, hopefully you guys pick some up, pick some stuff up. Hopefully you'll get out there and you'll start uh, talking to the other owners around in your area and, and maybe come together. Um, like Ryan has done with, with the gym owners in his area, in his areas. Uh, but yeah, hopefully that can maybe inspire some communication with the government locally, uh, statewide, federally, uh, and that can hopefully get 
you know, the, these small gyms, these small fitness centers to be essential businesses. I think you made some good points there, Ryan. So, Hey, seriously, thank you so much for being on the show today. Super appreciate it. Um, definitely wishing the best for both of your gyms and, and hopefully you guys can really make it through and, and, and thrive out of this. Thank you. Yep. Thank, uh, take care of yourself. Stay healthy, stay safe, stay sane. And that wraps it up for this episode of Box Talk. If you liked what you heard, or you have an idea of what you'd like to hear, let me know by emailing heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. As always, thanks for dropping in. Thanks for dropping in.